<laughs> You're listening to Beyond the Bike with Big Lou. And now a few words from our advertisers. Welcome to Sysmontane Brewing Company. We are located at 1409 East Warner Suite 6, Santa Ana, California 92705. We are open on Monday through Thursday from 3 to 9, Friday and Saturday from 12 to 9, and Sunday from 12 to 6. We have 15 beers on tap with rotating seasonal options. We also have a cask night and taco Tuesday every Tuesday from 3 to 9. And we also feature vinyl Sundays where you can come and choose your own record and we play your music for you. We'll see you soon, Santa Ana. Cheers. Listening to the Bike Centric Hour with Jay Stay on Beyond the Bike Radio. Wow, carry that energy. It's a crazy song. Hey, that was a, mm-hmm. that was a request per per the guest, per the guest, special guest, and amigo Daniel Williams. Hello. <laughs> 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 is, is, is this what uh, you guys remember? Um, um, like the office, right? When the Dwight's in his car, like just getting getting all worked up. Is that what you do in your car? Oh, absolutely. You play, you play a hyper crush, and you're like, I'm I am literally that meme that you see about like the white guy listening, about, you know, listening to music about killing people on his way to work. <laughs> okay, all right. Welcome yep. to Beyond the Bike Radio. <laughs> what, what's that? Where it's like uh, going from like TPS reports to like Tupac, like. Just like he's, he's trap, <laughs> trapping on the streets. And then... <laughs> it's pretty funny. Shit. All right. Well, so today we have Dan Williams, uh, new uh, sommelier. Hey, what's yeah. up? Um, and also bike rider. And I think uh, we're going to talk about both bikes. Adventurer. And, yeah, adventurer. Bikes and wine and whatnot. Cool. Happy to be here. Vino Ibisis. That's it. With the V, not with the B. Whoa. Bino Ibisis. Bino? <laughs> You got a farting problem here or something? Bethos. Bethis. Oh man. Dan. Yeah. What's up? Give us the give us the lowdown on the process of becoming a sommelier. 
That is. Did I pronounce it correct? Good enough. All right. If not, if not 100. What's what's the proper? What's the proper? I I don't like that word. You don't. Yeah. Then don't use it. Okay. Wine wine dude is cool. No, 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 no. What's the proper? How do you how do you pronounce it? Yeah, tomato, potato. It's you know, sommelier, sommelier. It's you know, depends. Honestly, you know, as long as you're not not saying sommelier, you know, then 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 you're fine. (laughs) It's all good. And it's not tomato, uh, potato, by the way. It's (laughs) not not the right not the right saying. Yeah, well, it is where I come from, but you know, Uh, where where do you come from? Different 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 side of the tracks. Wherever you come from. Well, (laughs) he he, he comes he comes uh, from straight out of uh, Panama, right? Uh, my yeah, Yeah, that's your bloodline. Yeah. So it's so awesome. Van Halen wrote a song about it. Yes. <laughs> it's got a canal, too. It's crazy. Actually, it's not really about the country. For it's not. Any, anybody who really knows it's <laughs> not about a country, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, it's not. But. Okay. So why become a sommelier? Why? Why? <laughs> you know, honestly, I get that. I've, I've received that question a lot because uh, sommelier is kind of geared more towards those who work like in the restaurant and hotel industry. And, and while I do work in the beverage industry, it's, it's kind of more like retail sales. So you don't see a whole lot of sommeliers going, uh, you know, who work retail. But uh, one of my coworkers got it. And as we talked about it more and more, it just seemed like it was something maybe I should pursue. Uh, worst case scenario is going through the process. I was going to learn, uh, learn stuff, and actually, it would help me to service our customers a little bit better. Yeah. Um. So I decided to go through it, uh, especially since last year I got my level three certification from the Wine and Spirits Education Trust. So I just figured this might be just another progression of being able to learn more and to help our clientele who come into High Time Wine Cellars, where I work over in Costa Mesa. I mean, you have to have a passion for that kind of stuff, not just like, eh, just a nine to fiber. Yeah. I mean, if you just say like, oh, I kind of like it. I think I want to do something with it. It's just not going to work out. It's, you know, you, you're you're going to, chances are you're probably going to fail, to be honest with you. You know, you're going to struggle at the very least. It's going to be very hard. You do have to have a passion about it, have a passion for it because there's so much to learn, um, not only in the theory portion of like learning the book smart stuff, but actually, you know, being able to taste how to taste properly what to taste for um and for the sommelier route actually the service portion you know being able to you know properly serve to you know british royal navy you know standards it's it's different than just popping open you know popping open a bottle for your friends Hmm. it's it's different it's it's tough it's not easy it was a lot tougher than i thought it was going to be so i i mean obviously you learned a lot of things in this Mm -hmm. in this uh process but like like a, like in a nutshell what did you gain out of it that you found like the most useful for your job or i guess in general as a wine drinker like what did you what did you get out of it um you know that's a good question i actually never really thought about that but um i think i would say increased knowledge of wine regions um exactly why I mean, I've always known like why grapes or why wines from certain regions taste different than other regions. I mean, that's that's not really um, anything new to me, but just kind of fine tuning that and actually saying, okay, so Nebbiolo, a grape Nebbiolo from one region of Piedmont and how it tastes different from a different region of Piedmont and how that will actually pair with different foods was kind of and again it's something i've always known but actually being forced to apply that in an even greater scale than i had before was kind of like oh wow this is kind of cool and it's kind of helped to 
continue that passion that I that I rekindled last year with the Wine and Spirits Education Trust, and and you know just kind of going down, you know, the path towards more education through the uh, Court of Master Sommeliers. Okay, and also, I mean, like you're the the national buyer for high time. So like you're dealing with, with American wines, like obviously this, this class covered more than that, I would assume, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Is that going to possibly kind of branch out more at your job? I guess you already do. If people ask about wines, you already talk about it. Just making you a smarter, uh, advice giver, I guess you would call it. (laughs) (laughs) But if someone has a question, you can answer, but behind the scenes, you're, you're buying American wines, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like everybody at high time, we all have a very broad knowledge and we also have our specialties. So yeah, if anybody's got any questions on, let's say the wines from California or Oregon, they're like, Oh, Hey, Dan, Dan's your guy. He's the one to go to, or, or Zach Corhone and shout out to him. You know, he's uh, he works with me at the store and he's super knowledgeable, but they're like, yeah, if you got questions, go see those guys and we can help them. And, you know, if they want French wines, we can help them if they want Italian wines, we can help them if they want champagne, you know, or, you know, mm-hmm. anything like that. But, you know, I have a specialty and that's the wines from the United States. And I've got, we have an Italian buyer and it's kind of the same thing. I can say, Oh, I don't know this answer. Let's go talk to Patty, my Italian buyer. So what this is, so we've always been able to do that, but going down, the the route that I did through the court, it's uh you know it's it's just kind of like forced me to say, hey, don't just generally know these things. You know, you really need to know these things. You yeah. know, like like in detail. You right. know, and and it's actually honestly, it's 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 cool. Like I like the fact that like I said earlier, it's kind of rekindled my um, um my passion for education and in you know uh, beverages. You know, so yeah. I'm like, oh, nice. this is this is kind of cool. So I was like, I'm not I'm not stopping now. I'm already got my sights set on other things. So what's um, um, so? Can anybody achieve that? You know, do you have to have like a special palate? You know what I mean to to really like kind of break down like what's what you're drinking to be certified sommelier? Correct. Yeah, um, I would say yeah. As long as you've got taste buds, I think it's something that uh, most people can achieve. I don't know if I want to say anybody, yeah. but it's it's definitely going to take some work. You know, it, it you it's not just like oh tasting wine and I taste these fruits. It's it's actually being able to define this clearly define the structure, clearly defining the color, knowing you know why certain wines have certain colors. You know, not just because like oh that's what the grape gives it. It's like well no, that's not just it. There's other reasons <laughs> as to why. Yeah, exactly. And then and then you know knowing the flavors, knowing the structures, knowing like being able to taste something and being like okay well i can taste what this is and these are the reasons why i can taste what this is and these are the reasons why it pairs with food you know certain dishes that it does and why you would want to pair uh you know muscadet with oysters and not a cabernet you know it's like it's there's just certain reasons why you do things like that and certain reasons why you don't want to do things like that Mm -hmm. you know but but i think you know a lot of people can do it 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 just takes some it takes time and effort it takes studying it takes practice you know it's just it's not an easy thing to do um but obviously it can be achieved you know yeah i think we actually uh talked about this one time going to the san gabes where we were talking about the uh i i forget the levels you know forgive me but there's like Mm -hmm. the levels that some guys can like the very slim few that can get to a certain point that that's just that guy's ability to be able to taste that kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's the master sommeliers. That's you right. know, for the court that's of master right. sommeliers that we're talking. Yeah, that's the master sommeliers, and that's like the top echelon, top dog, and those you know men and women study for years and years and years, and hopefully to be able to you know achieve that that title. You know, there's a lot of people who 
I've met who have incredible palettes and, you know, better palettes than I do, a lot more book smarts than I do, more talents than I do, and they just can't quite achieve that. It's, it's very, very difficult. There's only, I want to say, like 200 and something of, you know, of the master sommeliers wow. around. It, it, yeah, it's, it's very, very hard to do. Yeah. You know, of Damn. which, for the record, I am not a master sommelier yeah. by any means. Um, so what was the... Uh, the demographic around you in this class was it um, your your typical just random uh, just person that wants to know wine? Was it mostly people that were in the industry, like commercial people? Was it you know restaurant people? Um, so it, it's actually so the the court of master so the 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 level of sommelier they have like four different levels. There's the intro, which is level uh, level one. There's Certified sommelier, which is level two, advanced sommelier, level three, and then there's the master sommelier. So where are you? You know, I'm level two, level so two. I am certified sommelier. So the intro class that I took was a two day long class, and it was just about any type of person you could really think of was was in there. Some people who you know are um, they're not employed in the industry or not even really employed at all. They're just kind of like, you know, thinking about they want to get into, into the wine industry. They don't know what they're going to do. So they took the intro course. Some people who um, have uh, decent knowledge, like really good knowledge. There was actually um, one gentleman who was in my uh, WSET level three class that I took in the summertime. He also took the intro class, you know, and so he's definitely got a lot of knowledge. There are people who were bartenders and servers at uh, local restaurants around there. So that was a pretty diverse group. Um, and that's the level one, that's a two day class. And that's the, uh, the intro class. And then the level two, which is a certified, it was a much smaller group. You could tell that these people definitely have their sites on a specific goal. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they were uh, no, very knowledgeable. Some people were stronger in some some aspects of, of the um, of the test, let's say, for lack of a better word right now, you know, but, um, you know, than, than others. But, you know, I think everybody here was, like, definitely more serious, and they kind of knew what they were going to do, you know, where they were headed. Hmm. Is it a... Um so this this is it a test that you're taking? Is that what it is, or is it just mm -hmm. like a class that you take? No, the the intro, well, both, both, both actually. So the first, the intro, the intro was a two day long class with a quiz. Um, I believe it was a, if I remember correctly, I want to say it was like a seventy five question quiz Jesus. at the end of it. You know, um, in order to pass that class, and once you pass that class, then you can go for the certified level at a later date mm -hmm. um and for that one there's there's no class that i saw it was just you you when you're ready you sign up for it what can you take us to the process of how you be, you get that certificate to be certified so the to become the certified sommelier during um during the day they give you three um three different uh tests if you will you know so there is a blind tasting ex or exams I should get there's a blind tasting exam um, they start you off first thing on that they have two white wines and two red wines and you taste them blind they don't tell you what it is you just go ahead and you taste them and you have to again accurately describe you know the color the color intensity the aromas that you're getting the aroma intensity you know you describe the fruits the non-fruits the organic matter that you may find in there you know is it herbal um you know, you, then you go to the palate, you define the acidity, 
the tannin, the flavor intensity, uh, the body, the alcohol, the fruits, you know, uh, all that stuff. And then at the bottom, you write down, you know, the old world or new world. So if it's, you know, Europe or if it's the United States or New Zealand, you define, you say what the grape is, what the region is, the quality of it, you know, if it's like what they call, you know, village level or Grand Cru, or is it, you know, Hoven or Grand Reserva, you know, different classifications of different wines. You got to say how old or young it is, you know, how would you sell the wine? You know, they ask you all these questions. So you have to do that for two whites, you have to do that for two reds, and that's your first exam right there. Is blind tasting, damn. You know, and then that's tough. Did you lost me? <laughs> it was <laughs> totally lost. I'll me. be honest with you. Like I thought, I thought <laughs> I failed it. Like, like I thought I failed it. Like because I mismanaged my time. Because you're on a time crunch too. So I, I thought I failed it because I mismanaged my time. Um, but uh, you know, apparently I didn't. I, I, you know, did fine. Um, but uh, I just, I just the right away. I'm like, oh, first test, and I think I'm done. Um, so it, it wasn't like right away. I'm like, this is not easy. And then the second exam is theory. So it's more of like your book smarts, you know, put these regions in Burgundy in order from North to South, you know, things like that. And, you know, um, you know, figuring out like your buy the glass costs for a bottle of wine that costs you $18 and you want to make this margin and get this many pours. So, you know, things that are associated with the restaurant, you know, shrinkage, you know, like why, why are your numbers off to, you know, but it's mostly like talking about the wines and grapes from regions and, you know, things like that, you know, and they were, <clears throat> they were not easy. Even after doing my WSET level three, which was very extensive going into this, I thought it would be no problem. And it was, I was like, Whoa, this kind of threw me for a loop. Um, but I think I did very well on that. Then later on, there's a third exam, and that's the service exam. Um, so they lead you into a room. And by the way, this is all being taught by master sommelier. So we're already intimidated as it as it is. You know, these are people who have studied this for decades, and they're like some of the best tasters and servers in, in the world. They, they know, God, they know so much. It's impressive. Um, hats off to all the men and women, truly. Um, so they bring you into a room where, you know, you're kind of like role playing, so to speak, you know, where like a master psalm is at a table with all these place cards and, you know, saying like, this is a gentleman, this is a lady, this is who this is sitting around here. And you have to, you know, open bottles and serve them and pour them the correct amount and pour them in the right order and open things the right way and like open a champagne bottle the right way. And it's not just take off the foil, undo the cage and pop the cork. It's like, no, there's a certain way to do it. And if you like, there's one thing in in particular that like, if you ever do this right away, they're going to say your exam's in and you failed like the whole day. And you have to pass all three exams in that one day. If, you, if you do well in two, but you miss one, Sorry. Done. Yeah, you're done. You didn't. You do not. You can't come back and retake the one you missed. It's like, nope, you got to come back a different time and you got to retake everything, everything all over again. So you got a first try, all three? Yes. Dude. Wait, so that's the proper way of opening awesome. a champagne is with the, with a big sword, right? Like, ching! Oh, nope. that's yeah, that's the baller way of doing it. That's what that's what I like doing, you know? Yeah, right, dude. Yeah, yeah. right. Did you, did you turn my mic down or no? No. No? Sounds low. I did. You're annoying me. Yeah, dude. I'm, talk, I'm talking so much. Check, check, check. Yeah. Okay. Right. I don't know. Good. It just sounded a little low. So that's that's impressive doing it the first time around. I'm sure that was a relief when you when you passed that. You're like, oh thank God I don't have to go through that again. Oh man, it was it, it was really um it was a big relief. I mean part part of the story was like um 
when I did the intro class, most people I had spoken with was like, take at least a month between your intro class and actually taking your exam for certified sommelier. And um, so I had planned on taking, actually, I think the next class, like, or the, the next exam I could do was, I think, in March. So it was going to be almost two months. So it'd be coming up like in the next week or two. Why, why would you take a month off? Why, why would they? To prep for it, especially because I don't work in a restaurant, the serving portion of it. You know, to practice? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, to get a lot of practice. And some people said you might actually want to talk to some of, some of your friends who run a restaurant and maybe just, like, get a part-time job or work on a couple weeknights just to actually get your service down. Damn, okay. Um, okay. That's some commitment. Yeah. I would have so. thought it was more just keep it fresh in your mind and do it, like, a, like if you had it fresh. But, yeah, that makes no, sense but practice. Yeah, sure. and plus, like, the, the theory portion of, like, what they exam- – what they – ask you on the intro class versus what they ask you on the certified you know so for going from level one to level two isn't just twice as hard or three times as hard like literally i'd say it's like eight to ten times harder jesus it's it's much much harder and um so when i did the intro class i actually uh knew uh one of the master psalms there you know i knew him when he was actually studying to to try and you know achieve the level of master psalm, and so we were like, "Hey, you know, we chatted it up and hook a brother up." <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, no, I wouldn't quite go that far, no. But um, but a wink, he, wink. But he did no, no. But what what he did say is like he they were um, um, there was a spot open or something like that on the one doing on on Wednesday because my intro class was Monday Tuesday, and he was like, "Hey." there's a spot open on Wednesday if you want to do it. And I was like, no way, that's too soon. And he was like, no, you should totally do it. You know, so he had faith in me. And then I asked, I talked to my wife, you know, who's been like my biggest cheerleader and all this, you know. She you better know, be. She, dude, she's an shout amazing woman. She's married to me. She's, she's got to be an amazing woman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jen oh, Williams. for sure. <laughs> she needs an award. But she was, she was also like, I think you should do it because, you know, one, she's like, I don't think – Michael Jordan would tell you to go ahead and do this if he didn't have confidence that at least you would, you know, there's a strong likelihood of you passing. And second, if you don't pass, at least you know what you need to work on for March. And I was like, yeah, but this test is on Wednesday. It's my birthday. If I don't pass, it's going to be like, it's going to be like a shitty birthday. So, but she told me to do it. Michael told me to do it. So I went ahead and did it. And um, just do it. Yeah, pretty much. And so. Um, so I did it on uh, Wednesday. So that Tuesday night, actually, when I passed the intro class, I went home and practiced serving with Jen. Like we literally opened every bottle of champagne and sparkling wine that I had in my <laughs> cooler, just like trying to like get my service down. And so it wasn't a bad night for her, you know. Yeah, so, a, lot, a lot of champagne. Sick invite, so. bro. So we would have um, been sick. But, but yeah, so I mean, I had I had done some basic practice on service before, um, and I kind of I'm. The, the, the kind of cool thing about what they teach you in the class is, I mean, one, they're not trying to make you fail. They actually want everybody to pass. They can't give you answers, but they can, you know, definitely say, hey, you know, like, you know, study the book and, and things like that, you know. But but anyway, like in the book there, they give you a really good, they're like, OK, this is how you pour, you know, and, and there's no ifs, ands or buts. This is the exact way how you pour. This is who you pour first. This is who you pour second. This is how you open a bottle. And there's some really good tutorials on on like YouTube about opening certain bottles the proper way that the quartermaster sommelier want you to open the bottle. So, um, so we you know we went all night practicing that, and then I went in on Wednesday, and you know I did well, and uh, apparently you know I did well, and and I passed, and I am now. 
certified sommelier, which is really cool, to be honest with you. It was probably so exciting on your birthday and everything. Yeah. I saw that picture. Like, you had the whole setup. I think that was that your boss that was there with you? That, no, that was the, the that picture. Was the, that was the Grandmaster? That, that was Ma- Grandmaster, yes. That's yeah, awesome. Grandma- no, that was... That was uh, uh, <laughs> That was, uh, I'd have to look back to see the picture, but it was either Michael Jordan in that picture, who I think it was, or it was like this other, this other guy named Luke, but I'm pretty sure it was Michael Jordan. That's awesome. Yeah. Not that Michael Jordan. Not, not the b-ball dude. Right. Not the b-ball dude. The wine yeah, guy. This is, this is, yeah, this guy's opposite, you know, a short <laughs> white dude, you know. <laughs> no. Su- super cool though. Super cool. When, when, when I saw that on my social media, I was like, dude, I, I was so excited for you. I was like, out of nowhere, I'm like, dude, what? You took those classes? And then I was like, it's, it looks so official too, because like, you guys were all dressed up in a nice place. Like, yeah. It, it was cool. It was super cool when I saw Thank that. you. Thank you. It was like, you know, it was something that I could like, at, at just kind of out of the blue, I was like, yeah, I was thinking about doing it. And I'm like, you know, no, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And the fact that I did it like means a lot to me. Like, yeah. I was like, wow, I actually did did this i cannot believe i did this you know and so like the very next day after doing intro you know i was like i cannot believe i did this this is really it was really cool like honestly like i'm i'm stoked on myself and and like i kind of told you guys earlier i'm i'm glad that michael and and michael jordan and and my wife jen you know that they have greater faith in me than i have in myself you Mm -hmm. know i've said that to a few people a few times but i'm like no i really do mean that that's just you know yeah you know i i give thanks for both of them you know awesome nice man so well while you've been talking we've been sipping on this deer hammer dan what do you uh jay what do you say i was gonna say we're doing all this wine talk this is a bike centric hour so (laughs) 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 wine centric hour with dan no dan bikes man i I love bikes we uh we got this delicious deer hammer bourbon whiskey yep thank you to deer hammer um what's the guy's name lenny lenny um sent sent us a bottle and uh what do you think dan Honestly, I think it's good. It's just not my style. It's pretty smoky. Smoky. Yeah, exactly. Which, which, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I don't like. That's the reason, main reason why I don't gravitate towards like Scotch whiskey because you know they've got like that smoky quality to them and peatiness, and it's just it doesn't work for me. But all in all honesty, though, this is really good. It's really well made. You know, nice. Um, you know, not not super sweet. Like just a little hit of sweetness to it. You know, Mm. um, it's strong. Yeah, it is. I think it's 109 proof, you know, so definitely you know, anybody who has this wants to cut it with, you know, with a cube, you know, a um, little water. Or That's put what we're doing put on ice. Yeah, yeah, we've got it. We've got it. Lou brought the big cubes. No, Dan, actually, Jay Stay over here. Jay Stay? Yeah. Thank you, dude. So, But, uh, no. yeah, I mean, um, you, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of the same mm-hmm. same ballpark where you guys are at. I, I, That's why, I, you know, when I go to high time, I'm like, hey, Dan, what do you got? You know what I mean? And I always gravitate to, to like, the 1792. Mm-hmm. It's because it's really yeah. good and, and, the, and, the, and the price. Yeah. yeah, it's a good price, and um, and you you know you know what I like, so yeah, I'll go to Dan. So <laughs> I'll go bug him, dude. I'm sure he's like doing like some you know big sale or something. He's like, hey, uh, Dan, uh, customer at the uh, candy area, whatever. No, Sammy always goes to the candy section first. <laughs> <laughs> Savage. No, but uh, but no. In all honesty, like people who know me, they know like all like if I don't like something, I'm gonna be like, dude, no, you don't want to buy that. That thing kind of sucks. You know. Yeah. Same thing with Lou. I'm like, he'll ask me, I'm like, eh, you know, you shouldn't really go that way. You should go somewhere else. But honestly, the deer, this deer hammer straight bourbon whiskey um, is a single barrel too uh, from a different, you know, a competitor, let's say. But uh, it's good. It's really good. You know, uh, it's just it's just not for me. Yeah. But mm-hmm. honestly, it's a quality product. That'd so be- if anybody anybody is out there thinking about maybe buying Deer Hammer, I think it's definitely worth giving a shot if you like a little smokiness. Mm-hmm. That would be good with the Johans. Uh, Old fashioned? Fashion. The sweetness with the smoky, I think would go pretty well. Well, uh, one time uh, I was at his house and he had this like little apparatus 
where he like put smoke in it mm-hmm. in, into into the um into yeah, the, uh, the old fashioned you know before yeah. that but with this you don't need to do that you, you just kind of bypass that step yeah I mean, but he wants to get all bougie like I know. like oh yeah we're gonna inject this with uh, some hickory smoke. It's pretty accurate. (laughs) (laughs) That whole podcast is so goofy with him, dude. I mean, I know I'm talking crap on him right now, but like that was so funny. He's like, I don't even like whiskey. I just like old fashions. I'm like, oh, you like? He's like, I I, I like the cherries. I like I like the bitters and everything. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, I I don't drink this shit straight. I'm like, so you're not a drinker, but you're a drinker. Like, how's this going? Uh, I I got I got a message uh, uh, when when uh, again I'm not gonna say who, but he's like, dude ridiculous man like in a way he's like i want you just want to smack your friend well for not drinking uh, <laughs> just for just yeah. what he was saying <laughs> yeah. oh, he's all, he was all over the place dude the audacity on that guy that was pretty funny <laughs> anyways let's go bike centric huh yeah let's wow, do it nice segue there jay stay um I, I'm he's just... got a segue oh, oh no. dude <laughs> i just like talking bikes um, so we were talking on our little DM thing that with uh, Dan over here. He wants to look at that specialized Evo. Whoa, yeah, that's way, way to be. Oh, he's already got it pulled up. Yep, that Damn. thing, that thing, that looks really sweet. Tw- that that twenty seven five or twenty nine? Uh, twenty nine. Twenty nine. Yeah, yeah, I think I go twenty nine. Well, make, make you, you got you got to connect over there at the at the big S, huh? I do. What? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Sorry. He can't, <laughs> he can't, he can't share. Uh, it's, all it's all good. It's all to himself. Uh, as, all, as, as soon as I say it on air, it's gone. I don't yeah, have the yeah. connection anymore. Yeah, I wouldn't say anything. No, uh, we're all drinking stuff. the Kool Aid, though. That's for sure. At least, you yeah. know, I, I just got my specialized. It's funny. Uh, yeah, I saw that, dude. It's sweet. I'm stoked. I'm definitely stoked. I want to get a dropper post real bad. I haven't wrote, wrote it yet, but I definitely want a dropper post already. But um, are you looking at the carbon or the aluminum one? Um, Probably carbon. Honest, honestly, I don't probably. I don't know. One and Honestly, a, one that's, a, that's a good question. One and a half pound difference. Yeah, I know. Saying. That's a big difference. That's a pretty big difference. Not rotational weight, but still, I mean, overall weight, that that means a, that, that's a lot. I mean, just it's, I'd have to look at all my options, but realistically, it'd probably be carbon and well, might be complete. If you have a deal, then yeah. Yeah, I mean, plus, I mean, I don't know if I can get like an aluminum, just, or, I mean, I don't know if I can get like a carbon frame with that coil shock. If I can get like the carbon frame with the coil shock on it, then, then I'll do the car. You know, I, I guess that's it. I'm gonna do carbon. Well, it's, it's you know what? Also, because you spend when you go ride, you're you're out there for a couple hours, mm-hmm. so less weight on you on you when you're pushing it around. I mean, it's gonna be you can extend your ride a little bit further out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ideally for sure. Uh, I, I think one and a half pounds that is substantial. I mean, usually carbon to me anymore. Like a, a frame at least seems like you're you're going for ride characteristics and you are for weight. I mean, weight is definitely nice, but at the end of the day, if you have a heavy wheel set on a carbon bike, yeah, same, or if you yeah. say you, have, you have tire inserts and a, and a thousand gram tire, you just basically negated all of that. Yes, I think you're going for for ride characteristics for sure. But oh. that carbon frame looks sweet. It, it looks really cool. Super raw, like around the bottom bracket, it's like all you could see every bit of layering, oh, out, the, like the, how ugly yeah. it looks and everything. I, yeah. I, I like it. That looks cool. It's cool, mm. and the geometry looks like it's I mean, crazy, dude. I love it. It's like it's like. It's not long, low, and slack. It's like it's, it's somewhat long, but it's not like super long, but definitely low and slack for sure. Four eighty reach, I think, on the S three. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I mean, for you, I mean, you're six three. I mean, let's put it this for for me. That's about right. You know, like like maybe I could yeah. go a little longer too you know, for being six three. But mm-hmm. but it's, I'm kind of like okay, that's you know, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I ride has like really tight corners and tight switchbacks. So I'm kind of like. Ah, 
okay. You don't, you you don't want much longer than that. Yeah, that's that's kind of the thing. You know, I'm sure like at high speed, I'm going to love it because it's just going to be much so much more stable. But, you know. Yeah, um, El Prieto and all that stuff with that, though. That might be kind of rough. I mean, it was 63 and a half head angle, I think. Yeah, exactly. For 29. Yeah. Damn. That's so sad. That's like downhill. <laughs> yeah. That'll be super nice on like the wide open stuff and the steep stuff in Laguna for sure. Yeah, but, dude. Yeah, the tight stuff in, in the San Gabes, it might be kind of rough. Yeah. Uh, that's what I think about like my, my uh, 5010 right now, which I absolutely, absolutely love my 5010. Yeah. You know, but I'm like, okay, with the, the heading all down and some of the steep stuff, you know, it handles it. There's a couple times where there's a little butt pucker, but I'm like, okay, you know, but this with even like a slacker handing on that on that stumpy, I'm like, oh, that would just be so sweet. I mean, I think that that fifty ten's like a sixty seven, I think, head angle. Uh, no. Yeah, but one thirty or one forty. I got a one forty, so I think it's sixty six five. Might now. be sixty six five. Yeah. So you're talking three degrees slacker yep. with with a twenty nine inch wheel, so it makes it even feel slacker than that. The yeah. wheel is that much further out. So it'll feel even slacker than my Nomad. Uh, well, obviously, the Nomad 65, yeah. I think, with yeah. a 27.5, but that 29er, yeah. it's going to be way out there. Yeah. That's going to be cool. Yeah. Damn. So that I'm that that's kind of that kind of has my eye, and I've, you know, I've only ridden Specialized, or not Specialized, but uh, Santa Cruz. Santa I've been Cruz. such a Santa Cruz fanboy for so long, which I still am, you know, but I'm just, I, as soon as I saw the carbon go, I'm like, ooh, that's the <laughs> one of the first bikes I really said, I'm seriously looking at that. It, it looks, looks nice. really cool. Super long wheelbase, though, like crazy long. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it might be a learning curve for sure. Yeah. And the 29-inch wheels, too, for your first time on a 29er. Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to get my... I want to throw my leg over one, because I know I, I uh, pedaled around a an Enduro 29er, mm-hmm. and I didn't get a... Like, a first pedal, I was like, whoa, this just feels weird. Yeah. I didn't like how that felt. It was like a generation or two ago, you know, but uh, I didn't like how it felt at all. And then as soon as I got my leg over the the first, the Gen 1, you know, I guess so just the high tower, you know, mm-hmm. like right away, I was like, this feels nice. Like yeah. this, this feels really nice. So I definitely want to, you know, try and ride one first, but uh you know, I'm sure like if, if, if it feels right, just even in the parking lot test, then I'm sure like I'll just like after a day of riding it, I'll I'll figure it out. Well, I'm, well, I'm pretty good at figuring those things you, out. You might be in liquor, amigo. That, that bike might be available for Illusion Bruce. Illusion Bruce. I was just going to ask, man. Nice. Shame, shameless plug. Hey, man. Hey, uh, it's, you, my, it's one of my babies, bro. Do you know what fork is on that thing as far as uh, offset goes? Are they Are they sticking with the short offset? Uh, I'll pull it up here on my phone real quick, but I thought it was like a 45 or I don't know. I would, I would hope with that slack of a head angle, they would keep like a standard offset because the whole, the whole idea of that, that, um, 44, 44 offset on the, on the S three twenty nine or 44 offset. So that's, that's the short offset as well. The whole idea of short offset is to kind of mute the, the characteristics of like a slack or of like a steep head angle. From what I've heard, at least for the Epic, like my my Epic has a forty two mil offset, so it's like a custom, even shorter offset, yeah. forty two. Yeah. Um, and the whole idea is to make it more stable, like at speed. Mm. So I would think if you have a short offset with the sixty three and a half, it's gonna be really, like, just I don't know, just straight line crazy. I don't know. The Epics, it feels like that too. Just riding around on the street, just like I was going down some stairs and stuff too. Like the the front wheel does not want to like veer off. Like it doesn't want to get deflected off, but it's, it's got a pretty steep heading compared to like let's say like the um, sixty-eight and a half or sixty-nine. I the, think is what uh, I the Scott, what is that? The Scott. Uh, Scott's uh, like spark? sixty-eight. Yeah, it's pretty slack. So this this is, yeah, I want to say sixty-nine, sixty-eight and a half around there. So it's a little bit steeper than that. Yeah. And what's the fork travel on yours? Hundred mil. 
just hundred mil front and rear. It's not that's not bad, dude. That's, it's not bad. It's pretty nice. Um, and the Evo comes with a one twenty four, uh, thirty four step cast, which I might do down the line. Okay. Um, just to kind of have more of a trail bike, be a little more fun. Yeah. On on the uh, on, on the, the Epic? Epic, yeah, the one twenty, step cast thirty four is what the the Evo comes with. Uh, is it thirty four? I thought it's it was thirty two. Nope. Thirty four Evo. That's that's or, yeah, uh, that thirty four step cast. Sorry. That's kind of what I want. Yeah, I mean you're adding a little bit of weight for sure, uh, but again it's fork weight, it's not wheel weight. Um, the bike's not as light as I was expecting it to be because if I put a dropper post and the 34, the bike's gonna be pretty heavy. Like the Evo Expert is like 27 pounds. What mm-hmm. is what is what you have? Well, how heavy is it? I haven't weighed it, but I'm uh, from what I've read. Some people say 24 and a half. Some people say 25 and a half. I don't know what to think. Well, I mean, I, it's, I it's, guess once you, once you change the the, the stem, the carbon, go to go to carbon stem, carbon bars. I'm not know. gonna I'm not gonna do carbon stem, uh, but I mean, like the bars, yeah. Eventually, I want to do that. I was looking at the specialized ones, but they're not all that light, so maybe Envy. Um, you could save. I mean, just on the handlebar, if I go to the Envy bar, I can save like a quarter pound. <laughs> uh, Richie Richie makes Man. pretty light stems, and they're aluminum. Yeah, Richie and Sintase, because yeah. I had a Sintase on my last bike, and that's that's one of the lightest ones. Yeah, like like a hundred mil stem, I think was a hundred grams, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, so I, I could aluminum, so I could do something like that. Yep. But um, anyways, what am I talking about? Um, no, the uh, drilling over your bike. I am. <laughs> so I, I also have those uh, torque caps on my on my front hub. Have you seen those before? Yeah, yeah. I uh, refresh my memory about them though. They they kind of they make a lot of sense. So like the whole idea is that there's no uh, like you. It's only it's it's rock shock specific. So I don't know how it works out if I want to use the same hub for a different fork. I've heard that you have to like mess with the end caps, but you have more surface area on the on the end caps on the on the inside of the fork. Mm-hmm. So the dropouts I guess are kind of funky. So if you put a, a regular like hub in there it doesn't have the same kind of little catch loop like how you can just kind of set the fork on the on the end caps mm-hmm. so it's kind of weird um so you have to actually position it and stick the axle through but the torque caps have more surface area connected with the fork it makes a lot of sense i think i mean when you think about it like y- you have that much more surface area so you have more torque on the wheel you have, you have more stability so they're just making like it making it stiffer or make it kind of stiffer. deflect deflect less, so to speak. Yeah, but I mean poten- potentially. Imagine just like the smallest flange you could have versus like a really big flange. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have so much more to grab on each side, so that you have more uh, makes, leverage. Makes total sense. Yeah, so I'm kind of I'm, I'm curious to see what it handles like. So if that adds to it with the carbon wheels, I mean I have so many dude, different. You, you got to be now. dying. Yeah. You, you, you have you have it in your, in your in your garage. Oh, dude, I don't even. I don't what know. a week now? You've had it for a week? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, still still nice and clean. I, I've been on the freaking trainer for the past month and a half, dude. I haven't ridden. I, the only time I've ridden since the rain started was with Dan mm-hmm. up in the Santa Ana. So that, b- besides that, like I was like, okay. I'm oh, that's right. You, you did. You did Maple Springs, right? Yeah. Maple Springs Motorway. That was yeah. a lot of fun, actually. That was a fun ride. Yeah, yeah. it's like that's a fun cross country ride. I like that. On the cross country bike, without a dropper post, would be a little rough, especially that downhill. I mean, there's a couple spots that were eaten up, but I mean, I, that would have been a little rough. It's fun on the trail bike. Yeah. I mean, the climb would have definitely been easier, but oh yeah, that was that was fun. Dude, people are people are riding uh, luge and they're turning up the trails. Dude. Oh god, I, I saw you that. You guys pick. saw that? Yeah, I really? saw. Yeah, they're just put a... jacking it up, dude. If you can find jacking that photo. it up, dude. I mean, I'll, it's. I'll try and look it up. It's, 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 a, it's a picture. Uh, picture like uh, you know Supercross where it's muddy oh, and all these tracks like that, dude. Like ruts. Like yeah. All right. Like, yeah. Yep. Yep. See, yep. I mean, well, technically, you're allowed to ride up there, right? There's yeah, no come rules, on, dude. Like, yeah, you know, I know, but it's yeah. Just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do something. Well, and that dirt, because it's leaving tracks like that, is not fun. Like San Juan, you can go ride in the rain, pouring, and it doesn't destroy That's the DG. trail. 
Yeah, like so up at, at the luge, it's it's like the stuff that's gonna stick to your tire, and it's not gonna be fun. Yeah. And you know, and, and people are just getting antsy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, doing some trail work done in Baja now, I, I, I you can appreciate like what hard work it takes to to build a trail and oh, to yeah. build something. Just like, dude, like these people don't care about the trail builders, people that maintain the trails. They don't. They just they're pretty damn selfish. It's pretty sad. Yeah. I, Go ahead, Dan. No, I was gonna say I can't. I can't seem to find the picture. I can't remember it. But so anybody who's who's listening who rides bikes, you know, I mean, I go ride in the rain. But you know, San Juan does pretty well in the rain. But I mean, Danny, you know, Lou's brother and Jordan, they can attest to just like if you need to ride, go to go to the San Gabes, go do like El Prieto, you know, go do you know San Marilyn Sunset because literally you like we'll go ride twenty miles out there and and we will come across like. 12 feet of mud yeah that's it in 20 miles you know it, it's 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 that place holds water or like it Rains water 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 it. yeah exactly so it, yeah. well it's it's insane you know so and the traction is better than usual and everything else and no one's out there no one's hiking that's another yeah. big problem up yeah there. that's Same that's gauge. a positive thing too <laughs> I mean, we like hikers, Damn hikers, but we like it when there's oh, no hikers. Oh, we do hikers. like them. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we like hikers. But yeah, as far as the trail work goes, I mean, like after doing a couple of days with uh, Curly out at Oaks and stuff like, you know, just the simple drainage, uh, little tongues as I call them now, but like just the little uh, tongues you make off the trail to kind of have the water siphon off um, off a of camber rather than stay on the trail. You don't realize that kind of stuff until yeah. you uh, until you actually do it. Yeah, I've been in contact with John, with John and uh, we're going to do some um, some weekday uh trail work at luge you know to get ready for luge and bruise nice so you know we're gonna give back you know nice. by doing some trail work and um that's the right thing to do make, you know make sure you post up on your podcast when you guys are gonna do that if you know okay. to, to try and get some more volunteers because with the the amount of rain that we've had and in like how bad a lot of the trails are right now because of the rain i mean every anybody on a bike should be you know donating time myself included you know yeah. i mean don't get me wrong myself included should be like donating time to to fix or, the trails, or i mean you, know? you can you can also park at, at at cooks and just maybe hike it you know if, if you want to do that i mean that's, that's some, true yeah that's what i'm gonna do just yeah take, i got i got a, a couple of mcleods you know and, and take them up you know once john's ready to go and we'll go and do some trail work you saw a picture though, Jordan? Yeah, so I'm looking at the picture. It looks like the starting straightaway of a motocross race. Yeah, it's like a exactly. Supercross race. Jeez, exactly. Yeah. If you watch, if you watch moto, just think of like the San Diego race. That's oh, yeah. like literally what the luge looks like right now in a couple spots. So that that right there, and that's a pretty long stretch actually. I mean, I, I can't really picture where that's at, but like you're looking at like 30 feet of trail, 40 feet of trail maybe, and it's just all ruts. And that's all getting picked up. Like that person left the trail muddy. Like their their body was muddy. Like if you're picking up mud like that, it's like, come on, guys. That's yep. that's that's the rule, I guess. Is like I mean, if if you're picking up, you're, it's too early. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But you know, well, we yeah. haven't been able to ride for however long, especially the parks. I mean, the parks have been cl- like open at two o'clock p.m. on a Tuesday. Who's going to go do that? You know, like, who's got time? Better ditch, get on it today because it's raining tonight. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Fifty percent chance of rain tonight. Uh, I look that up again. I don't know, but something like that. And, and uh, I mean the snowpack. So, I mean there, for California Enduro, there is the Shasta, which is a new race. Yeah, and Shasta. then yeah, there's a there's a Shasta Enduro, and then uh, so I mean the races is you, so you talk about Ashland, right? You know, on the top very top, there's a little bit of snow, right? You get, it'll get snow. Yeah, Shasta, uh, Mammoth, North Star, Mammoth. They they do have a race in Mammoth, uh, don't they? Or did I, they cancel that? 
Well, okay, I'm let's say hypothetically that, speaking. Because I know the whole thing with the Kamikaze games isn't happening, yeah. so that's kind of a weird Oh, okay. I, I'm not going to look at the schedule. But, yeah. uh, so, I mean, anyway. North Star, right? So that's that's the first EWS of California. Yeah, when's that supposed to be? August, I believe. Sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, August. So, I mean, okay. well, if, we, if we keep getting this rain and the snow and she's packing and packing and packing, I mean, it's going to... It's gonna be interesting, dude. They're already talking about mammoth, like you know, like my dad was talking about because we always go up during the summer, and he's like, I don't know if we're gonna be able to go until like late July, buddy. I mean, this is like, <laughs> yeah. Last time, last time they got snow like similar to this, if you know, like what is it, two years ago? Like so, the yeah, going was it sixteen, seventeen season? Yeah, I think it was like the fourth Fourth of July. I think it was people 16. were still snowing, you know, or not snowing, but Fourth of July people were still skiing. Yeah, my dad and I were up there that one that that year, and we were in the same gondola as people with their skis. And they had like a setup where they were going from the top to McCoy. They weren't going to the bottom half, obviously. Yeah. But they had like a section of like snow where they they were siphoning them, and they were just doing loops on McCoy to the top. Yeah, like and right underneath the gondola, right? Yeah. 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 They they still had like moguls, and it, it wasn't pretty, but people were doing it obviously in the morning while it wasn't. Uh, icy or slushy but it was just funny that we're up there with our bikes and they're just going down there with their skis that's got to be a trip it was weird uh, well uncle b's there this weekend in mammoth in yeah mammoth. Nice. yeah he's a good man good for him that guy's always yeah. on vacation dude <laughs> with a job without a job he's always you know acting yeah like he doesn't have a job right I'm it's crazy. Guy. i haven't seen him in forever yeah next time um uh, anywho uh what's what's our weather looking like this week in uh, ensenada dude epic it's supposed to rain tonight or yeah, tomorrow, it's tomorrow okay. night. It's okay. You know what? Uh, we're we're building that new dual slalom speed and style hybrid course, so the rain's gonna help us out. Um, the dirt over there is it's it's kind of a trip, dude. Like the top layer is a little like like dirt, like regular dirt, and then it's dirt, DG underneath. and then and then DG underneath. It's nice. And then you keep digging deeper, and that that's and it starts getting dry. So it's like a certain like footage where you're like, all right, that's it. Like you can't dig any deeper because then you start getting into the dry granite stuff. Like but, the bedrock. Yeah. 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 I mean, when I went there the last time we went, whatever it was, a month and a half ago, it was right after rain. It was the same way like it is with Fontana or anything. It just, you can ride it. No, yep. big, no big deal. There's some muddy spots, but not that much. Yeah. But uh, I'm excited, dude. Um, we have this big NASCAR turn where, you know, you're going <laughs> to come in side by side, you know, with the, you know, and come out. And it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna go awesome, dude. Forget you, man. Uh, what we're we're gonna have to figure out is that the the timing of when we're gonna open a practice for for speeding style. Yeah, because we're gonna have those ramps, and then we're gonna move them to allow people to practice for speeding style. Yeah. So it's gonna be one track, but we're gonna have two uh, um, metal ramp jumps um, where you can do your thing. You know, so you you come after after the NASCAR turn. Yeah, you know it's gonna be a straightaway, and then you hit you hit the ramp to a tabletop, and you come back off camber turn to your right, and then there's there's the other the other uh, ramp, you know. So we're gonna. Oh, you, to, are you doing all this? Yeah, you hitting all this? No, I'm not, no, I'm not gonna hit. <laughs> no, man, it's it's in my dreams. Yeah, hell yeah, dude, I got this, man. <laughs> hell yeah. Um, like I I got my comments all built up and rolling. It's actually rideable now. What? Nice, Surprise. good. Well, I thought I thought you had a, heat, a seat dropper issue. So, well, I have my I have my dad's. Uh, 30.9 with a shim okay 150 dropper and i just had my brake uh levers replaced okay did you, did you did you cut up a beer can and shim it that way no i i i have a uh, metal shim at the shop okay so, oh that's true you work in a machine shop yeah right? so that kind of helps right. but uh <laughs> the comments i was rolling so can i can i bring that down this weekend or no 
Do we have room for three bikes? Yeah, we got room for three bikes. Oh, you're not going to be here this weekend? He's coming down with me, dude. Damn, dude. Why? Yeah. You going to go ride? Hell yeah. Sam Gabe's, man. Come down to Baja, dude. A little bit, little bit of digging, a little bit of riding, a little um, bit of taco eating. I'd, I'd rather go to Sam Gabe's. I'd do a lot of taco eating down there, man. I'd, I'd go into a food coma, no problem. Oh, uh, food, I'm, food. Okay. I'm going to, no, but I'm going to, no, I'm riding, I'm riding San Gabe's. We're, we're doing JPL, JPL up to Inspiration Point. Is that the one uh, we did when I went up there no. that one time? So we, uh, no, we start at the same spot with you. No. But, but, um, the ride we did with you was like an El Prieto loop. This okay, one that's we actually climb like the other direction, go up to Inspiration Point, and then we come down and then end up meeting up with El Prieto. Oh, uh, no. Forget about yeah. it. It's like, it's like 20 miles and about 4,000 feet of climbing. I'll, I'll get there, dude. I'll get there. I'll get there. Well, the riding, too. I mean, it's it's pretty technical for the most part. You guys are going to go do the jumps, too, right? The ones that you always take videos and pictures of, but um, I have no idea where that's at. I don't, I don't think so this time. I think, you know, last time we did that, we kind of cut the the ride a little short. We only went up to sun, you know, to the to the beginning of sunset, and then we like dropped down from there. This time, looks like most people have like a little time crunch. So we're just gonna we're gonna go all the way to inspiration. Sweet. Yeah. Those uh those drops and jumps are actually kind of sizable. They look pretty fun. They look super fun, man. I can't wait to get you out there, show you where they are. Kill myself. Not, not on that epic, dude. He's underneath another. No, bike. it's got the Comensol. Hey, okay. Comensol is perfect. I've seen people. I've seen people send on the epic. Oh, I don't know. With a dropper, probably. Did you want some beer or not? No, I'm good. I, I still got this uh, whiskey that I'm drinking. I like the whiskey, but it's a Thursday. Thirsty Thursday, dude. I, I gotta. I gotta <laughs> get some more liquid than that. Uh, yeah, dude. The Comensol is kind of sketchy. I haven't ridden it in like a year, so we'll see how that goes. Oh. <laughs> It's just been sitting. So I, I, I want to say we back to to Dan and and the, and the alcohol. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's not an alcoholic, guys. Dan I, no, and I, Bruce. I know he's not an alcoholic, dude. I know you don't know that. Well, okay, he spits right. a lot of wine out though. So yeah. that. He's, not, yeah. he's, he's not taking it down. <laughs> so you, you had you uh, you put together a, an event right on your own. Uh, was that the uh, yeah. tour? De yeah, yeah. So Napa? The, the tour de Napa. This was the second. I guess it's annual now. So this is the second annual tour de Napa. Which, um, like, uh, I'll be honest with you. Like, I'm like very surprised at how well this event goes. You know. Um, <laughs> uh, again, just like, oh my god, this is something I haven't done before. Is it going to suck? And fortunately, I've got other people that I work with who are really good at this and just make me look great. <laughs> nice. So yeah, teamwork um, makes the dream work. Yeah. So we had, uh, oh my god, what did we? Get? We had about I think forty one or forty two different Napa Valley wineries uh, show up at this event. Like everything from, uh, you know, Marley Family Estate, Hundred Acre. Duckhorn, Camus, Rombauer, you know, a lot of like blue chip brands from the Napa Valley come down and do this tasting. Um, and we donate the proceeds from the from the ticket sales all go to the Napa Valley Community Foundation. That's awesome. Um, so this is an organization that started up uh, my memory serves me right. I think they started up after the earthquake that happened over there back in, I believe it was 2013. Um, they started up after that to help people who are affected from the earthquake. And then um, again, uh, not that they started back up again, but just, you know, then once the fires up in Napa and Sonoma started that we spoke about, you know, last year, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's they got like a big influx, you know, from people wanting to donate. And rightfully so. So many people just got hammered by those fires. It was insane. Yep. You know, so after the fires in 2017 happened. 
we decided to put on this event in February of 2018, and we were able to raise $10,000 for the Napa Valley Community Foundation, which is great. And then I'm happy to say that this year the event was even more successful, and thanks to all the participating wineries, you know, and all the food purveyors, you know, uh, like Greenleaf and the winery restaurant and so forth, you know, we were able to donate fifteen thousand dollars this dude. year to the Napa Valley Community that is Foundation. Awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, man. yeah, it's a it's a really, I mean, one, it's a really cool event, and it's it's a worthwhile event. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, people get, you know, uh, the the proceeds from their ticket sales go to charity. They get. Uh, big discounts off of wines and like people like hundred acre were pouring there, which for people who don't know hundred acre, they sell their wines for $500 a bottle Jesus. And, and they brought wine to donate that they were, you know, the, the global sales manager just pouring, you know, as much hundred acre as he had during that time frame. you know? So, I mean, it was, it's pretty freaking awesome. So it's, it's definitely worth buying a ticket. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll do it again next February. Right on. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Damn. Five hundred dollar for a bottle of wine. Yeah, Chingao. There's <laughs> wine that's four times that price. Oh yeah, we have a bottle of wine at the store that's I think listed at twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Look on his face. Anyways, is it is it insured by survival? Uh, I don't know. It better be insured, dude, because if something happens to that damn bottle, dude, it's, it's the general. The general insures it. The general. <laughs> 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 hey, right, I mean, uh, you got. I mean, so that's a lot of money for a bottle of wine. Yeah, man. it is, dude. I'm working the industry. Is I'll it, tell Lou? You, that's a, a shitload. That's a shitload of money for one freaking bottle of wine. That's a lot of money, dude. A hundred dollars for a bottle of wine. I'm like, okay, it's better be a good day. Yeah, it's better be, better no, I'm be. right there with you. I work yeah. in this industry. I'm like, dude, if it's more than fifty bucks, it better really wow me. Yeah, you know. But then again, you know what? If I if I had millions of dollars in the bank and I, you know, and I made, I was rolling big like that, I mean, I'd see that bottle of wine and I wouldn't think anything of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's all perspective, but at the, at the end of the day, it's like, I'm sure the $20,000, I mean, I shouldn't say I'm sure. I hope it tastes good. <clears throat> I hope it has hints of what you're looking for. It's it's probably very good. But I feel like the millionaire. <laughs> probably. Probably. Is a kick, yeah. <laughs> you got to find out something. Probably. But I feel like if like if you're someone that can comfortably spend five hundred dollars or two hundred dollars on the bottle, it's like that three hundred dollars. You're not money's not an issue once you get to that point. Like it's not the money that they're looking for. They're looking. I mean, on, honestly, it's just status. We, we talked about this before. Like where it's just like people buy the expensive bottle because it has the name or it has the. It's oh, just, totally. The, the, yeah. The, they're they're. They're paying this much money for that particular, and I'm not going to say what it is, yeah, but they're yeah, yeah. they're paying the money for that bottle of wine just so that they can say tell they people, I, I'm drinking this wine. They walk you into know? their house party with the bottle of $20,000 or whatever it is, and it's like, okay. Yeah, because I guarantee you that $20,000 that $20, bottle of wine is not any better than other 500 I mean, don't get me wrong, 500 bucks is still an awful lot of money for a bottle of wine, but I mean... You know, it's not, <laughs> it's not 40 <laughs> times better. Reasonable. My car was $20,000. Yeah. <laughs> like, God almighty. Yes. So, but, but seriously, yeah, at that price, you're, you're paying, you're paying for the name. You're paying to be seen that I'm drinking, you know, I drink this kind of wine, you know, it's not, wow. it's not any better than stuff, you know, for several hundred dollars. That's, That's a weird industry. I, I feel like every industry has that same kind of vibe where you can go from, functional to just name brand 
like with mountain bikes, a $5,000 bike, and everybody that, that doesn't ride bikes listening to this, if you are, $5,000 bike versus a $10,000 bike, you're not going to that, it's not that much of a difference. Like if you're, like, you're not going to be much faster on a $5,000 or a $10,000 bike than you are a $5,000 bike. Right. Would you, that, would you agree? I would agree. I mean, so you're digging that. I'd, I'd somewhat like, to mostly agree a with A little that, bit better. You know? But, but, but you're yeah. looking at weight differences. A couple pedal strokes faster. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I feel like you're, the, the gains from, you go from five to ten versus like three to five. There's a big difference from three to five, but five yep. to ten, I feel like you're just talking a few carbon bits and maybe mm-hmm. two pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's it's like the like the epic that you had. So you had the you got the pro. I'm right? the expert. Expert. Okay, so the pro is. Don't shame me like that. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> asshole. Sorry. <laughs> so the so uh, my mine retails for fifty five twenty. The pro goes for sixty eight sixty eight fifty. Okay. And even Diego said like the pro marginal gains for that extra 1300 bucks right but so, what are we gonna say i mean Go no ahead. just the the bits so you're talking about the bits like the what like so you get carbon wheels yeah right what else do you get the difference between the pro and the expert no no what's the what's the other one the the, the what's the one on below the below? comp the comp so the comp doesn't uh, so that's, the, that's like 3500 bucks right no 4250 40, okay 4220 okay. something like that um so the comp comes with aluminum wheels it comes with a basic Reba fork, um, not even a brain fork, an NX drivetrain. So you're talking a lot of different things. Um, and I, I was at the shop the other day too, and it actually didn't feel all that heavy, which I'm kind of dope, whatever. But uh, you're looking at like the jump to my bike. So that's 4220 is what it was, and mine's 5520. So you're looking at 1300 bucks difference. I get carbon wheels. I get uh, the GX drivetrain. That's a, that's about the big weight savings right there. Yeah, carbon. Well, so I think I, one thing that I'm, I'm trying to figure out with my bike, my bike is it's it's light, but I feel like there, it could be lighter just with a few different things. But the the carbon wheels themselves are their control wheels, not the SLs. So I don't know what the weight is on those. The ride quality is gonna be nice, whatever. The uh, the fork is a SID brain fork, so I get the brain function in my fork. I think that might add a little bit of weight versus like a regular. And I, I'm already thinking without even riding the thing, I, I think I want to change that to like a regular damper. Really? Um, yeah, it's, it's it's funky. It's super weird. People say the faster you go, the better it feels. Either way. So you're not going fast enough. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're not going fast enough. I'm not a pro, so whatever. <laughs> um, but the, the back end feels great, whatever. But uh, <laughs> between... <laughs> little kinky there. Whatever, bro. Take it how you want. You want to feel my back end? <laughs> well... If that makes me the top, then I guess we're... Whoa. Just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I know what you're saying, though. Jesus. I mean. <laughs> um, yeah, so the comp and whatever, you're, you're getting carbon wheels, you're getting GX drivetrain, you're getting, uh, I think, TL brakes instead of like the regular T brake, whatever the level brakes are. Uh, but yeah, you're getting, you're getting better stuff. But mm. um, uh, that would actually... I might be able to kind of counteract my whole idea of, of better bikes. I think the comp and the expert are not that much different. <laughs> I say that. I bought the expert with carbon wheels. <laughs> He's kind of analyzing that. Like, oh, yeah. shit. I'm like, yeah. I mean, the Reba fork, whatever, but I don't know. But you know what I mean? So to go with these these industries, it's the same thing with cars. It's like you can get the Honda... Uh, say you get like the Honda, whatever it is, the the Pilot versus like the RDX. I I don't... I, I should know these better because I'm a car guy. I, at least I say... Are I'm you? A, I say I'm a car guy. Okay. I don't give a shit about SUVs. But um, you're getting a Honda and an Acura. It's the same car at the drivetrain and the frame and everything else, but you're paying for the Acura. 
just because you have the Acura. Yeah. But then you have the bottle of wine that can cost you 50, 70 bucks, can taste the same, if not better, as, as, as the $500 bottle. Mm-hmm. Is oh, it, yeah. And we're, oh, talking, yeah. we're talking prices come down to, I would say, production costs. Those people charge 500 bucks. Is Sorry. Hey, thanks for burping yeah, in the mic, dude. Seriously, I, dude. I, 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 I turned my head, man. I'm sorry, dude. I don't I don't have that little mute button. I, I apologize. Guy, this guy has a podcast. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. But we're like when we say 500 bucks, is it because they're char- upcharging for the name? Is it upcharging for their production costs? Yeah, can, it, can, it, it, it dep- actually, it depends on the producer. Some, some producers like who buy fruit from a you know uh a vineyard owner sometimes they're charging 500 bucks because their grapes the the fruit costs them so much to where they have to charge that money you know Mm -hmm. and then there's other people like oh yeah there's third generation landowners and they charge that price because they choose to you know okay and and i can't say that 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 the 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 latter is wrong. I mean, if they if it costs them like three dollars, you know, or, or let's say it costs them five bucks to make a bottle of wine, and they're selling it for two hundred bucks a bottle, but if they're selling out, <laughs> good for every them. year. Yeah, you know, it's like, well, are they wrong for doing it? I mean, I can't necessarily. I may not like the <laughs> fact that they're that they sell it for two hundred bucks, but I can't. If they're selling out of the wine, I can't say that they're wrong. In today's you know? in today's world, that's uh, inequality, right? You need to pay hey, hey Dan. Down. So uh, the last time we had you on the show, we we're talking about like the fires, right? So now, are you guys seeing the effect of the fires up up, up in uh, Napa, or like the production? Like now, yeah, because you were just there. Did you uh, did you get to yeah. see any? So so what I saw from the fires, obviously, there's still a lot of rebuilding and and a lot of yeah. burn areas and so forth. But what we're starting to what we're going to start to see in the market, you know, uh, later later this year is you're going to start to see some of the wines uh, show up uh, from that vintage, um, and that was one of the main. Uh, that was one of the, the the interesting things about going up when I was up there just like maybe two weeks ago was tasting a lot of those uh, Cabernets out of barrel, you know, and the thing with the vintage, I mean, a lot of it's going to be known for the fires, but there was like a heat spike that happened before that, too. Uh, you know, so there was like, you know, triple digit weather for an extended period of time where a lot of the vines kind of shut down. And then there was this period in between the fires and that heat where some growers could pick and then the fires came. So what it really comes down to is when did you pick, uh, you know, like between the heat and the fires. Uh, And then a lot of wineries actually lost power because of the fires. Oh, So, um, you know, we, the winery will wineries ten, generally they they temperature control the fermentation because if the fermentation yeah. runs a little warm it does one thing if it runs a little cool it does something else and so they'll actually control the temperature of the fermentation and a lot of wineries lost power so oh, it's like shit. oh okay so how quickly were they able to get power back a lot of wineries had to go outside of the valley find mobile Generator. generators yeah. and yeah and bring them back and so if you were able to get power back to your winery in like a day like some of them were able to then you were pretty good with what you had picked you know you mm-hmm. were fine and then there's like if people not who, you're screwed or what so, somewhat screwed damn yeah and then there's other people who uh, well go for it what? so when you say vintage what do you mean like what what, what dictates a, a vintage wine? vintage just means the year in which the grapes were harvested so when you say like affect the vintage, are you referring to like the if they lost power, if they didn't lose power, and and, and if it's a if it's hot or not? Obviously, if they have a, a temperature controlled area, it's fine. Like Correct. That's not that's not an effect. But when you say like the vintage, like if it was affected by this, is are you saying because of the the power outage? Yeah, 
Okay. Yeah, like there are people who were able, who picked their grapes and they brought them in, um, and everything was going great. It was going to look like a really good year for them, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden the fires came. They lost power and they could not get power back up to the winery for several days. So they have all these getting hot. Yeah, all these fermentations just growing wild that they have no control over, and then their fermentation gets a little funny, and then the resulting wine's just not as good. It may not be bad, but yeah. it may be like, oh yeah, this year you made. A good wine, you know, a decent wine where normally you're, you know, people pay for winery X to have an outstanding wine. So, you know, the vintage, the year, you know, the 2017s may not be good for them. Hmm. Um, other people, their grapes were just so they they weren't able to harvest until after the fire because the grapes just weren't ready to come off. And then they just got inundated with smoke and they're literally the wines, like some wines we tasted from that vintage, it it tasted like somebody served us the wine in an ashtray, and that's not uh, yeah, yeah. not an exaggeration. So it's so insane. At, so at that point, you don't buy the wine from them, correct? Correct. You're like, hey, sorry, you know, next time. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I, I wonder if this is going to sprout a new thing here in the next three to five years, maybe or so. Like, where you have this this new, I know, I know the whole slash and burn thing from like the the hunter gatherer days, where it's like you would burn the the field to create more nutrients for the new field. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they're going to have like a new base for like, like new crop or do they just try to like build off the existing crop? Like, um, uh, did they, I'm assuming some of the crops burned to the ground, right? Oh no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> I'm completely wrong. No, 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 no. But I mean, that's, I mean, don't laugh at me, I, bro. No, I, I was like, the way, the way Dan said, he's like, Oh nope. No, you would think like, oh yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Actually, um, very, very, I mean like hardly, Virtually no, no, I mean, I can't say no, but like very little acreage, grape acreage was lost. Actually, vineyards actually acted as fire breaks. Yeah, because yeah, they, 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 about that they have like sure. the, the truck, like the fire roads around it, right? Be, they have fire roads around it. They don't, um, they don't the, burn easy, the great, I guess. You know, you have all this dry brush all around them, and then you have these vines that actually they have moisture to them, you know? Hmm. Um you know, and some people were actually, they have sprinklers in their vineyards. I mean, most people have drip irrigation, but some actually had sprinklers that they ran. Um, and so a lot of these fires would like cut through the forests and neighborhoods and stuff like that. And then you get to a vineyard and they would singe just the outside of a vineyard and then just move on. That's so weird. Yeah. So very little like grape acreage was lost. Okay. So, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. Then, you know, then, then I'm lost. In you know, okay. But, okay. Uh, but, you know, no. And like I said, and the vintage is, I'm not saying that like people should stay away from the anything labeled 2017 from California. I'm totally not saying that by any means because there's, there was some like absolutely fantastic wines that I had up there, you know, uh, that were just, just as good as like any other year that they that they made. It's just you know consumers are just going to have to be just a little more picky, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of wineries, honestly, they're because I saw this happen in another challenging vintage, but a different reason. But 2011 was a very challenging vintage, and a lot of wineries would be like, they just to my face. I'm, I work in the industry. I've been doing this for almost two decades. They would come and go like, oh yeah, you know, the a lot of people had a lot of trouble this year, but no, we were fine. It didn't affect us. And you taste the wine, and you're like, yeah, yeah, everybody was bad except you, huh? Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Your wine tastes green and horrible, dude. Don't don't come around here with that shit. Don't get out of you here. You can't snow the snow, man. So yeah, exactly. So <laughs> so that's gonna be you know a lot of people be like, oh no, the fires were tough, but we were fine. It's just like nah, you just just come talk to us. We'll tell you. Right. Stay away from producer X. Buy producer Y. So when you taste these these wines that taste like ashtrays, are you talking wines that are like that young where they were just picked? 
that they're that they're making? Um, no, these were the wine, the grapes that were picked in 2017. So they're still in barrel. Like it's finished. It's it's it's. I don't want to say finished wine because it seems young, like right? It. It's young, but we'll start to see some of these in the uh, some of the cabernets. We'll start to see as early as this fall okay. from them, but like some of them are still going to be a few years away. It'd be interesting to see how it comes out, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's gonna be like I said. Consumers are just gonna have to be a little picky. If you I mean, you, know. you don't like smoky, so it's kind of hard to satisfy your your taste buds at that point. <laughs> yeah, but this is you know the burp, you know whiskey. Difference one between thing. smoky and like actually being like smoky. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, there really shouldn't be like a lot of like there shouldn't you shouldn't like taste the wine and be like, oh wow, I feel like I'm at a bonfire. Yeah, you no, know, that's just not what you're looking for. S'mores flavor out of a wine. <laughs> <laughs> True. And people people get weird flavors out of wine, but s'mores is probably the last one. Yeah, I don't think anybody wants that necessarily. So, so um, you have do you have like a pick Dan from like for this year or from last year that you're like oh let's say let's say fifty dollar bottle of wine. I was gonna say let's let's do this like let's let's go price points. Let's go twenty fifty. And like sub one hundred, what are your favorites? Well, oh, well first of all, so but um, go for it. Sorry, I, 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 I hijacked that. Go, go ahead. Damn it! I, I thought I about this well, too. Because when, when, when I when I go to Dan, you know, like he's been picking out like really good forty dollar wines. Mm-hmm. So I think forty dollars is also a good number. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 Um, wow. Uh, <laughs> 20, 20, 20, 20, 40, 60. The the thing. Twenty forty sixty. Okay, I'm gonna preface this with the fact that like our. My favorite wine yesterday is not my favorite wine today, you know. Yeah, and then yeah. tomorrow it's going to be something different because there's always something cool out there. But uh, I'll throw a, like a red and a white wine out there. So f- what's the first price point you want to do? Twenty. Twenty is best. That's that's pretty pretty reasonable, right? For somebody just the average Joe. You're, there's you're, no there's really good wine at at, at twenty dollars. Yeah. You know, you don't have to spend a lot in order to get something tasty. You know, but I'll do like like a Chardonnay and a Cabernet because the Chardonnay is the most popular white, true, Cabernet is the most popular red. So yeah, yeah. so for uh, a Chardonnay at twenty dollars, I would say go for Tally T A L L E Y. Tally Family Farms sustainably out of uh, Arroyo Grande. Okay, I think you've mentioned that before to me uh, in years past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're really good. It's got a lot of flavor. It's not too heavy, but it's not too light, but it's a good Chardonnay. Um, Like I said, good family. Everything's sustainably farmed. I like that. Uh, For a red wine, like I said, Cabernet is the most popular red. Um, There's like five of them that jumped to my mind right now, but uh, I would say go for... um, Man, I really can't pick. Like, there's like, there's like five of them in my head. I'm like, well, which one do I like more than the other? Um, go for if you can find it, McPrice Myers. Well, you can you can find it at High Time Wine Saunders. You can you? find it at High Time for sure. <laughs> there you so, go. Well, you know, not everybody's gonna come. No, you know, I mean, somebody's better a podcast somewhere no. else. They okay, can't they, find it. You, but you guys ship stuff, so we do. There you go. That's true. Do you really? There you go. Yeah. Yes, they do. Yeah, we ship to. There's your answer. We can ship booze to maybe like fifteen to twenty states. Really? Yeah. So, I've, I've I've gone to Dan to to when I was doing the beer trading stuff like oh yeah that's hand, right you did yeah and then he would ship it to to New York for me yeah did you say Mick Price Myers yeah M C Price Mick Price okay. Myers he's got a Cabernet um, do you have do you have an online store or do you have to call yeah, it in no HighTimeWine.net H I T I M E I did not know that W I N E dot net so that's our website anybody can go ahead and check that out and okay yeah. We ship shipping's cheap too. I think like we ship like a case, like twelve regular size bottles of of like beer, liquor, wine, like anywhere in California. It's like twelve ninety nine. Oh jeez. And oh, like and like 
almost all the time it gets there the next day. Nice. Yeah. So you order something from us today and you know, you live up in Sacramento, it's there tomorrow. That's pretty cool. Like most of the time. Yeah. But yeah, McPrice Myers, he makes a good Cabernet called uh, Bull by the Horns. That's like 1995 we sell, and that's really good. You know, full-bodied Cabernet, a lot of flavor. He blends a little Petit Sirah on there, you know, to give it a little extra backbone. You know, wow. So that's Look pretty cool. Look at you, man. Look at you go. So, the, <laughs> so those two are under 20? Yeah, uh, the McPrice Myers is 1995. The tally, uh, the tally might be 2199, but okay. you know, it's 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 20 ish, let's say. It's mm-hmm. definitely not 30. Okay. So, and what was your next price point? 40. 40? 40 is kind of tough. No, it's not. You know, for I think 40 bucks, people want something a little more special. They want something a little more unique. I think it's reasonable. You is know, 40 or 50 a better number? Same. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know if that 50 just makes you feel. I, I, I like know. I told you, like okay, the Dan's okay. recommended some stuff that forty dollar range. I was like, yeah, this is really good. Yeah, I'll I'll change it up a little bit. So for a red wine for you know forty bucks, um, Hartford family makes a beautiful Pinot Noir um, from uh, Sonoma. Uh, they they make probably like twelve different Pinot Noirs, but this one's called Land's Edge. So just like you know, the edge of you know the land, you know, before beats the sea. Let's, I don't know. Somebody might think it's somebody's name named Land or something like yeah. that. I don't know. Land, but, but Land's Edge, uh, awesome Pinot Noir, soft, silky. You know, rose petals, strawberry, cherry fruit. You know, um, subtle spice notes to it. You know, go really well with uh, with chicken dishes. That sounds you know, good. That's really good. Or salmon. You know, really mm. nice. Um, and for a Chardonnay. Um, Jordan's taking some good notes. I'm taking <laughs> notes, dude. That's that's good. Yeah, I, I, I love all, wine. All your listeners better be taking notes too. Heck yeah, I, I love wine. Go, I, just, yeah, can... I have no I have no education on it, so go for it. How you doing <laughs> wine tastings with me, man? Once. So, yeah. <laughs> all I remember is the Salus, and the Salus was my favorite one, but it's eighty bucks a bottle. Yeah. Dude. Well, that was damn good wine, man. It that was, was really re- good. It was really tasty. Like I, I yeah. Either way, yeah. go for it. <laughs> um, all right, and then so uh, white wine at that price point. Um, Go ahead and do the uh, Pats and Hall. Pats, P-A-T-Z. Pats and Hall. They do a really good Chardonnay from the uh, Dutton Ranch Vineyards. That's going to be full-bodied, luscious Chardonnay. Uh, Decent amount of wood to it. Um, Not super buttery and creamy, though. It still has some acidity in there to to keep it fresh and lively. Uh, but I think that would be a crowd pleaser for anybody who likes your California Chardonnay should really enjoy that. Hmm. And that, that one I think is, I, I'd have to double check our website to see, but I want to say we sell that at like, you know, 35 ish. Wow. Somewhere right in there. It's a good price point. Yeah. So it's, Hart- it's a good wine. Hartford Pinot with, with chicken, you say? Yeah. Is, is Pinot considered like, is that? Okay. Yeah. Hey All man, right. don't, don't question him, bro. I don't know much about it. I'm don't just question asking. Him. I'm just asking. I don't. I don't know. I, mean, if, I have no idea. If you want, if you want a red wine, you know, to go with chicken, I think Pinot Noir is a good call. I. You know, it's a really good call. You know, I, there's a lot of other things you can do as well that are equally as as good. But I mean, you know, Pinot's a Pinot Noir is a grape that I think a lot of people, uh, after Cabernet, I think people would know what that is without getting too geeky or esoteric or something that the mainstream wouldn't. Wouldn't yeah. know, you know, but but yeah, I mean, personally, I would, I I like to do, I prefer whites with chicken, but you know, sometimes you know, 
red wine is definitely the call. That's why I'm asking. That's why mm. I felt kind of weird. Like no, usually, no, it's... usually whites are okay. Yeah, no, no, whites. I think I usually go for whites more, but but Cab- uh, Cabernets are heavy compared to Pinots, though. I feel absolutely. Like yeah. I would not do Cabernet with, yeah. with chicken. And be like, no way. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I usually I, if you're away from Pinots, I, again, I'm not I'm not the huge wine drinker, but I usually go for the Cabernet or the Chardonnay, depending. It's like, it's it's I'm so basic when it comes to it. If I have like a white meat, I'll go for the Chardonnay. If I have steak, I'm gonna have mm-hmm. a, a, a Cabernet. And that's and that's fine, you know. To be honest with you, but I feel shallow, especially when I'm around you. I'm like, I feel, I feel like a. Frog. Oh, you're definitely no, shallow, dude. dude. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I tell <laughs> around, people around everybody, right? I tell people all the time. I go, I go, try new things, but but if 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 you you know try new things, but there's nothing wrong with going back to what you know that you like. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that at all, you know, because you know you like it. It's it's kind of like you know. If I know I like Santa Cruz bikes, you know, do do I have to go out and 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 buy a giant just to make sure that I, you know, still love Santa Cruz or or so, I don't know. It's like it's good to like try it's something true. else, but you know, I know, that's why I've been buying Santa Cruz because I I know it, I get along well with it. I characteristics know that you like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with saying, oh, I I only buy these two. It's like, well, try something every so often, but nothing wrong with, you know, staying with what you know. Sixty dollar. Oh, not sixty. I want what? What's your? What's your? What's the Whoa. best? What's the best wine that you have right now? In 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 your, in your recent, I would say the last year. What's the best wine you've had? Damn, the sixty. Be- the best wine I've had, or at any price, or just like so, so sixty. Let's go to this sixty. Is is sixty a fair price, or would you go like a hundred and under? Sixty is kind of pinpointing, I think. If if let's go up to a hundred. Okay. Go up to a hundred. My favorite white would be a champagne. Uh, okay. it's a super small producer called Suenin, um, from this really small re- from the, the Cote de Blanc, uh, region of Champagne. And there's towns in that region that, that actually have a hierarchy, whether it's just called village or premier crew or grand crew. And this, <laughs> yeah, Jesus. And this, and this, see, now we're going to get all geeky. No, but it's really cool is this is like the only, there's like, uh, in this region, there's like uh, uh, eight villages that are Grand Cru, you know, and there this one comes from a, a village of Ori, and this is the only champagne made exclusively from grapes from this village. It's the only one that I've been able to find anywhere in the world, and it's sixty bucks, and it's totally insane. It's it just blows my mind oh, every time. Sixty dollars, huh? You know, mm. a lot less than a hundred. I, f- I feel like sixty is <laughs> a weird price point. Sorry to put you on the spot, dude. <laughs> well, guess what? Dan Dan just brought it down to sixty. So, well, Dan, what's your eighty and under price oh. point? <laughs> God, we're going to twenties. No, we're not. We're not going to do that. Uh, but, but honestly, I could drink champagne all day, every day, with just about any any type of food. You know, champagne. I would totally do champagne. Champagne is good. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> you guys. I don't think I've ever had any champagne, to be honest with you. What? Uh, yeah. Um, okay, next time I'm bringing champagne. Okay. Oh, d- you haven't had champagne? No, no. Dude. Wine, yeah. No oh, champagne. dude, champagne. Just, right. whenever, I have, whenever I taste just a sip of champagne, I think wedding, I think just celebration, I'm chilling, just hanging. Like, like I think it, a panty's it, dropping. Oh, no. yeah, I'm... I'm I'm thinking Rick James. I think I think of panties <laughs> dropping, and I think of it's world, a world Cup podiums. I, okay. I literally, whenever I drink champagne, that's what I think of. You know, people taking their clothes off and people <laughs> celebrating winning the World Cup. <laughs> There's there's all right, all there's right. there's definitely like a connotation behind it, but like when you when you taste it, it's like this is champagne. Like mm. you know, it, as soon as you have it, you're like, okay. damn, this is good. Next next time I'm here, I'll bring okay. a couple. I'll bring some champagne and a couple other sparkling wines from different regions of the world. Because it can't be called champagne because it's not made in champagne. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> yeah, uh, tempranillo. 
Do you have anything anything you recommend? Well, that's what I was going to yeah. ask. La Rioja, really? La Rioja Alta 2009. That was really good. La Rioja? La Rioja Alta. They have a um, 2000, 2009. Um, God, they've got so many different designations. I'm like brain farting on, on the exact designation. But there's, like, small, small there's a 2009 reserve that we got at the store for like 30 bucks. That's wow. just like... Oh my! I had taste, it with a tasting taste group. I had it with a tasting group this past uh, weekend, and I was just kind of like, "Whoa, this is super good!" And I haven't had it in a while. Well, okay. that's that's one thing I want to get you down on one of these weekends, Ensenadas. We can go down to uh, yes. To that's why I want to take down and not not to go riding, but to to go to the Vital Guadalupe, dude. We yeah, just like get just, just on a chill weekend with like no one, just like the three of us or something. But like go down there and like we went to we go to uh, Vina Cava is the one place I, I oh went to I love least. the I love I love the big blend. I I love I love their uh, so the got, food over there the the troika the troika truck, dude that was so good ceviche <laughs> that was so good I got the shrimp some, tacos oh my some god some tacos some but the uh, lechon tacos I got a cabernet and the cabernet is like twenty bucks which how is was not, it it's not it's actually good I like it I mean no, again I, I, don't take my word for it because I'm terrible with this I okay, do take okay, your Lebar word Burton. for it because because if you say you like it then you are correct <laughs> I, that, I that's all there is to it you know I liked it that's the, right. the temper is it tempranillo tempranillo yeah. yeah. I wasn't a huge fan. Okay. I know Brenton liked it, yeah. but like I, I, I tend to like Cabernets. I think I, I, I kind of lean that way. I really liked it, and it was twenty bucks. I'm like, dude, good. This is a nice bottle. I'll, I'll go for it. But just the atmosphere down there, it's like everybody thinks Mexico is Mexico. Like it's the same. I, I finally got admitted to the CES page, by the way. See, so okay. I, I see what the CES people are saying about Mexico. Which oh, is the hilarious. meme. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but it's. When you go down there, it's like, man, this just feels like another version of America. You go to you go to Minacaba, it's like you have these, they have these upside down boat like hole kind of things, or it's like an underground kind of thing where you, you go in. It's a nice tasting room, and they have like wood. He's burping again in the mic. You know, it, it's, it was <laughs> a whiskey, like, dude. It, it got me. The whiskey got me, man. Dude, what are you doing, man? Whiskey doesn't have any carbonation. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You got something else going on? I don't know. Work on I, IBS, work on that. IBS from the I, long end. <laughs> <laughs> Road biking two days in a row. Yeah. But good. but for like what they what the the process that they have down there for a twenty dollar bottle it just seems like they're they're working pretty hard for that twenty dollar mm-hmm. bottle of wine. Well, I mean the craft beer know. over there here is like eight bucks for a pint. Over there is like four bucks for a mm-hmm. pint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. But and it just seemed Astillero, like Astillero. You really like that one at Aguamala. Yeah, that was really good. Yep. And like the lady at the at Vinacaba was she was very knowledgeable. I thought and they're. It just seems like another place. It's not like what people think of Mexico. It just seemed like a, a, a like a legit. Set up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a, we that's a good winery. Like like I said, like I like their their big blend. That thing's really tasty. Yeah. Shout out to Tom Bracamontes. Oh yeah, yeah. I talked to him before. Have you been yeah. down there? No. To the actual dude, it's awesome. No, but this guy Tom, he brings in he brings in like Vinyakava and he brings in wines from a lot of like the top producers down there, and he lines them up and we taste them. All like, okay, I like this one and that one and here and there, and I bring them in. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I think I've got like. 13 wines from Baja right now in the store, you know, nice. both red and whites, you know, like some Cabernet, some Merlot, some Zin, some, you know, Syrah blend, uh, you know, I've got a, a Chardonnay Vermentino blend, you know, so I mean, he brings in some really good stuff, so. Uh, there's just more. And, and you'd be surprised, like real quick, you'd be surprised, well, maybe mm-hmm. you wouldn't be surprised, but there's a lot, <laughs> I don't know, there's a lot of people who come in saying, hey, do you have wines from Baja? Like, I mean, a lot. There's a small uh, winery, family-owned it's called JC Bravo. They only make two two types of wine. I can't. I don't know what they are, but mm-hmm. it's uh, they don't um, they don't irrigate their their uh, their vines. Yeah, their vines. So they dry farm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
So whatever comes out, that's that's it, man. Whatever they produce, that's it. Yep. And uh, little they give us a little tour of how they do it. Um, they put it in like in this big old concrete, uh, well, like vats or something. Yeah, yeah, from concrete fermenter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Then, they, and then they put it into the strainer. The, the press, the press, yeah, the, the, press, the yeah. press. Hey, man, I don't know, man. Okay. Yeah, you're working through. You're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, 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 from one chingadera to another chingadera, and the squeeze of chingaderas, and then it goes into the uh, barrels downstairs, and then I don't know what else happens after that, but you I, know, you know what I'm saying. But anyways, but it, it's like it's like family owned. Yeah. So like the dad was there, like the kids run the run the uh, the tasting room, whatever, and it's like a family owned. That's like the good, brothers man. in the That's back. That's so cool. You know, but it's a it's just like small like little the winery there. Well, it's like even our JC, experience. JC Bravo. Like you, you taking me down there. It's like just from the experience of hanging out at Benacaba, you have like this outside bar. They have like the the watering, like the pipes and everything that they made like a, a an awning out of. Yep. And then you're hanging out, having good food, beer, wine, whatever you want. And then we just go walk down like the dirt pathway. You go to like a different vineyard. There's like a fancy restaurant. People are just hanging out. Corazón de Tierra. That one, that honestly, I don't know how much it would cost to get food in there. Yeah, it's if, pretty bougie, I think. If, if it was in America, for sure, hundred dollars plus per person. Oh, but yeah. it's like, it just, it's so bougie and so nice, and just, it's cool to kind of walk around there. Like it, it was, it was eye opening for sure. You know the big building that was there we walked by. Yeah, the, like the, where that, people could like stay. A, yeah, it's a hotel or whatever it's called. I don't know what they call it, but anyways, it's like a little hotel. Oh, it's little, re- it's ridiculous. Like it's it's way too fancy. Yeah, like it's nice. <laughs> it's crazy. That was uh, fun. That was, yeah. that was honestly really cool. But anyways, Dan, we appreciate you coming back in again, 2019. I'm happy to be here, man. Yeah, well, congratulations on your on your latest achievement. Yeah, man, that's thank awesome. That's thank you. That's that's really cool. Like, uh, you know, I appreciate the uh, support from you guys. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, you know, honestly, the like, only oh. the only reason I go to high time is because of you. <laughs> Seriously, just because I get to see you. <laughs> is, that, is that a yeah. good thing? <laughs> that's a good thing. Well, I never go <laughs> to high time, so okay. That's that, uh, that's that was, uh, thanks, jerk. Well, every every I time I go, I ask for Dan. I was Babe, like, you know, sorry, just, you know, just a little bit of hanging out. Like, hey, dude, how you been? Whatever. And mm-hmm. I I don't know what I'm gonna buy, but at least I get to hang out with the guy for a little bit. You know, <laughs> on company time. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, tell him next time what's your what's your best bottle at sixty bucks. <laughs> right? No, he's gonna say what's your best bottle at seventy two thirteen. I'm gonna say twenty two thirteen, <laughs> bro. But uh, yeah, all right, guys. Thanks for all listening right. to Beyond the Bike uh, Bike Centric Hour. So how are you gonna Beyond the yeah. Bike Radio? Okay, what do you want? How do you want to end it? All right. Well, uh, let's. Uh, how about we do this? Check out our Instagram at Beyond the Bike Radio. Wow. Check out my Instagram at Jstay. J under under J A Y underscore uh, stay S T E Y. Check out Big Lou and we got Dan Williams. But what's what's my Instagram? Uh, Big Lou, right? Yeah. Big Lou, my. It doesn't matter. You can find it. Lusion, Lusion Brews Instant on the Bike Fest. Lusion that, Brews four twenty. That's what I'm hustling, dude. Instant on Bike Fest uh, 24th, 25th, 26th, something like around there. Dan, and, and then uh, uh, what's your Instagram? Because you always put stuff on like from work, right? The wines and stuff that you're drinking. Oh yeah, as well as writing and stuff like that. So mine is Project D L W. That's it. Yeah. Like some wine. All right, guys. See you.
fucking dizzy. Dizzy. 